Good morning. Welcome to worship on this beautiful Sunday morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor Kelsey Parker, and King of Kings is our family of faith. Whether this is your first time here or you've always been with us, welcome. We're celebrating your what? Yes, you've always been here, Mark. <laughs> and you're still welcome See, every Sunday. <laughs> We are celebrating Holy Communion this morning, so hopefully you received a communion kit on your way in. If not, please feel free to stand up and head back to our usher and receive one before we have communion. For those of you at home, if you want to take a moment to get wine, grape juice, and bread ready, you can commune with us. Um, you are part of our community, whether we're in the same room or not. Jesus is gathering us together and making us one through his body and blood. Uh, just a few announcements for this morning. I know Mark kind of talked up the picnic. So yes, those of you at home, enjoy your coffee and finish and then come join us for 11 o'clock. Hear the sermon twice. I think you're going to want to. Uh, we would love to have you. Um, and we also look forward to welcoming you back whenever you feel ready. This morning, our guest preacher is Pastor Anna Taylor McCants, uh, who is joining us along with her fed-up food truck. Um, just a little bit about Pastor Anna. She was ordained to Word and Sacrament Ministry in January of 2021, uh, getting her MDiv from United Lutheran Seminary in Philadelphia and Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Originally from East Tennessee, but has lived in Syracuse, New York, and Philadelphia since beginning her ministry. Pastor Anna currently lives in Ypsilanti with her wife, Monique, and children, Lainey and Ezra, who are here with us today. And I love this from her bio on the website. You will almost always find her with a coffee in hand, and almost everything in her home is lavender or pumpkin-scented, depending on the season. Uh, she's going to tell you more about her ministry, which is... Um, Got Wheels, uh, takes her all around Southeast Michigan and is a ministry, a, a hunger ministry feeding those in need. She's passionate about anti-racism work and queer inclusion in the church. She cares deeply for those who are food and housing insecure and fed up is the place where all of her passions meet. She's currently also serving on the pastoral staff at Zion Lutheran Church in Ann Arbor. So welcome, Pastor Anna. We're so glad you're here. Um, we look forward to hearing your sermon, and uh, we'll do that after our opening song. If anyone is here for the very first time, please see me afterward at the welcome desk in the lobby. I would love to welcome you with a gift. Blessed Lord God, you've caused the Holy Scriptures to be written for the nourishment of your people. Grant that we may hear them, read, mark, learn, and allow your words to change us that comforted by your promises we may embrace and forever hold fast to the hope of eternal life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and all of God's people say, Amen. I invite you to be seated, and I invite Pastor Anna to come up. Well, good morning, everyone, and good morning to those of you that are online that have just tuned in. I am Pastor Anna Taylor McCants. And I actually serve our synod in two different ways as a pastor. So like Pastor Kelsey said, I'm uh, part-time at a congregation in Ann Arbor, Zion Lutheran Church. I'm their outreach pastor. And there are three other amazing pastors that I work alongside there. But I'm here today to share with you about our synod's very first food truck ministry, of which I am blessed to be the called pastor and mission developer of. And I don't know if I'm more excited about that or the fact that we get to share some of our wonderful food with you guys a little bit later today. Y'all have been such a great support of us from the very beginning, so I hope that you are proud of the work that we are doing together. 
Our gospel lesson for today is the gospel according to Luke, chapter 14, verse 1 and then verse 7 through 14. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who has invited both of you may come to you and say, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet... Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the gospel of the Lord. Our gospel lesson for today is a very great segue into why we do the work we do at Fed Up. It was kind of just thrown out there perfectly. It doesn't take me very long to get from the gospel to my sermon. But I do want to read you guys my favorite translation of this, which is not the NRSV that we just read, but it's actually from the message. Do you guys ever read the message in worship? Okay, so the message translation of this text, I'm just going to read verses 12 through 14. Then Jesus turned to the host. The next time you put on a dinner, don't just invite your friends and family and rich neighbors, the kind of people who will return the favor. Invite some people who never get invited out, the misfits from the wrong side of the tracks. You'll be and experience a blessing. They won't be able to return the favor, but the favor will be returned. Oh, how it will be returned at the resurrection of God's people. Y'all, this parable is not all about the perfect manners and how to act respectably at a dinner party. Although, there's some good advice here to keep yourself from getting embarrassed. This parable is about the restorative hospitality of God's reign. Of people who were excluded being included, and not just included, but being the guests of honor. This parable is about standing in opposition to this idea of reciprocity that was used in Jesus' day to govern social actions and, well, newsflash, it's still used today as well. The idea that you invite people to the party who can't pay you back with another invitation is countercultural. And I wish I had time to talk about this nationwide event of partial student loan forgiveness earlier this week, but I don't. Let's suffice it to say that after this reading today, I think I know where Jesus might stand about offering unwarranted grace to people. The last thing I want to say about this story um, is this, and then we'll move on. 
You know that line at the end of the parable, quoting from the message, they won't be able to return the favor, but the favor will be returned? Oh, how it will be returned. Remember that line? Don't forget it, because we're going to come back to it. I want to tell you all the story of our synod's very first food truck. And I pray that after today, you really will be proud of the ways that you all have supported us in this work of liberating our community from economic oppression and the bondage of food insecurity all across Southeast Michigan. Fed Up is a food truck, and it's part of the branch in the ELCA that we call Mission Development. That's the term we use for church planting. So I'm a church planter at Fed Up. And at Fed Up, we are developing a new social action type of ministry that meets people where they are, serves nutritious meals with dignity, and advocates for systemic change. Because we believe in an inclusive and equitable environment where every single person is nourished in mind and in body and in spirit. A food truck sounds like it might be just about serving people's physical needs, but y'all, it is so much more than that. To me, our food truck is a radical vision and direction for the whole church. It's our way of being the literal hands and feet of Jesus in the community. Do you guys know that, that phrase, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words? Well, that's the hope of Fed Up, that our presence is our witness. Food insecurity here in Southeast Michigan has increased drastically since the start of the pandemic. And the numbers that I'm going to tell you are my local county in Washtenaw County. And if you think about Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor has a lot of money, right? So if the numbers are this staggering in our county, imagine how they are across other counties, across Wayne County and Oakland County and other places in Michigan. So in Washtenaw County, our largest anti-hunger organization and one of Fed Up's partners, the food bank, called Food Gatherers, reported a 30 to 300 percent increase in its network of partner agencies, meaning that some food pantries during the year of 2020, the first year of the pandemic, some of them tripled in size. They also said that 40% of the people that came to access emergency food in 2020, 40% of them had never had to do that before. 40% were new to being food insecure. That's almost half of the people that went to a food pantry in 2020 in my county never ever had to navigate that system. And then you throw COVID on top of it and all of the challenges around public transportation because there weren't as many workers and the bus lines were cut and you were just afraid to leave your house because you didn't know if you would get ill, right? But let's back up for one second. I just realized I said the word food insecurity. Do you guys know what that term means? Do you all use the term food insecurity here or do we use hunger? Okay, well, let me just give you a few working definitions of food insecurity. A couple, like last year, I guess, it was, a, it was about a year ago, nine, ten months ago, I listened to this podcast called Coming Out Hungry, which was a group of LGBTQ adults talking about the stigma around hunger in the same way that there's a stigma around being LGBTQ. So Mia from the podcast says this about food insecurity. She says, the term food insecurity is defined by the USDA as a lack of consistent access to enough food for an active and healthy life. In terms of what it looks like if someone is food insecure, they don't have resources to make choices about what kind of food they'd want to eat. They have to reduce the quality, the variety, and the desirability of their diet because they have to stretch their food budget through the month. 
It's parents skipping meals to allow their kids to eat. It's not knowing where your next meal is coming from. And Barbie from the same podcast said, I didn't know what food insecurity was. I just knew hunger. And a few years ago in my advocacy, we learned that America doesn't really want to use the word hunger anymore, so we switched it to food insecurity and gave it a proper definition. So by definition, food insecurity is when someone doesn't know where their next meal is coming from. That could be as simple as you know how much money you make at the beginning of the month and you know it won't stretch to the end of the month. It could also mean adults and students sitting in class or at work and trying to concentrate on the job that they're doing, but you can't because all you're thinking about is, I want to go to lunch, but you're not really sure how you're going to get to it. Or you're trying to thinking about, think about, well, how much money do I dedicate to my lunch today so that I have this for tomorrow? That's a symptom of food insecurity. And people don't really correlate the two because they think that food insecurity means just outblown hunger. And it can be, but it's often closer to home than most people think. So these definitions of food insecurity helped me to see the whole picture differently. My wife was food insecure when she was in college. And I was all throughout my years of seminary. And while I was on food stamps, that helped during seminary. But back in Tennessee, when my mom would take us to the grocery store with my daughter, um, you know, she would help us stock our fridge at night when my, when, when my daughter's dad didn't make the tips that we thought he would make at his job. And honestly, until listening to that podcast and the shame and the stigma and naming that out loud, I couldn't name it out loud, much less from the pulpit, because there is so much shame around being food insecure. The way a large part of society thinks that people who are on food stamps aren't doing enough to better themselves or to give back to others, even when we're doing the Lord's work, or the fear that we instill in our kids when they think of everything from a financial perspective from such a young age. That is something that is so hard to unlearn. And that's why when we were dreaming about what Fed Up would be in our community, we knew that our main objective was to serve gourmet food truck style food with dignity to every single person who came in contact with our food truck. We wanted to serve people with food allergies and certain food restrictions because poor people like variety too, and some of us, like me, have an actual food allergy. There's no income requirement or residential requirement to eat from our truck. We won't ask how many people are in your household or if you've already eaten that day. If you're in line, we will serve you over and over again if we have the food. Sociologist Pat Kaplan says this, food is never just food and its significance can never be purely nutritional. Think about that for a minute. Food is never just food. It's part of who we are, it's our identity. It's our part of history, our place and time, our culture, our religious traditions. I mean, think about, I'm sure you guys used to have, maybe pre-COVID, a coffee hour, right? Or maybe like a sunrise Easter morning breakfast or your Lenten supper, right? Food is part of your people. It's part of your community. And yet, in our culture, food is treated as a commodity and only certain people have access to the healthiest, healthiest or the best of the best of it. And so if we want to end hunger, then understanding this next thing I'm going to say is very important. 
What's true for food is true for hunger. Food is never just food, and hunger is never the absence of food. It's more than that. Hunger is a symptom of inequity. It's a tangible consequence of life in a world that is still yearning for the wholeness that God has promised us. We know that we're never going to see this wholeness or this complete fullness of restoration in our lifetime. But as Christians, we are not absolved from prayer and action to bring a little bit of heaven to someone's living hell. But y'all, hunger is not incidental or accidental or coincidental. Hunger is the predictable result of policies and practices and systems that are set up to ensure that a few small thrive while many fight to survive. That's why we can look at demographics and geography of a community and with reasonable certainty predict a community's vulnerability. Hunger is the result of choices we make about food and the economy and jobs and health care and the environment, and who's invited to the party and who's not. Hunger is the predictable result of choices we have made about who deserves a place at the table. I want to close with a really important story that explains why we exist. It's affirmation to me that we are on the right path that God has put us on, has called us to be on. So last year when I was ordained in 2021 in January, that was like my step off to start raising money for the food truck, right? So it took about three months. We raised the money for our food truck. We drove down to North Carolina, picked it up, drove it back. That's a whole different story for another day. I thought I was going to get in the truck and just like drive it home. I couldn't even get out of the woman's neighborhood and I cried and I called Monique. She was driving with the kids behind me and I said, I... I don't know how we're going to get this truck home. Like, I can't do it. I, I drove a U-Haul pulling a car all the way from Philly over here to southeast Michigan for, to move for my internship. Couldn't get the food truck by myself home. And so I just prayed the whole time as she was driving that the Lord would let her live. It was dark. It was raining. We were, like, on the mountains of, you know, West Virginia curving around. But we somehow got back. We painted the food truck because someone quoted me $8,000 to put a wrap on it. And I said, no, 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 I can do this for $250. And we did. Um, and it looks beautiful. You all will see it today. Um, and, and so um, it took another month to get all of our licensing done. So July, about six months or so after I got ordained to do this work, we really started doing what we were called to do, which was serve a free meal in the community. Now, we're actually up to three free meals a week, but when we started, it was just the idea of one. So in one year, we have gone from one free meal a week to three free meals a week, and it's wonderful. But this story happened three weeks after our first free meal started. So at the end of July of last year, we were downtown in Ann Arbor at Liberty Plaza. And we were there because we had been invited by the Ann Arbor Police Department. Um, one of the officers who works with us closely during the warming sh shelter, she came up to me and said, we're getting a lot of calls to the plaza, like four, five, and six calls a day. People are pulling guns on each other. They're doing drugs. Some of them are just not getting along. Um, some people were sleeping there for sure, and a lot of people were minding their own business, but there was some, you know, criminal things that were happening. But this one officer, the 
who, someone who has become my friend now, and I will say the only officer who I actually trust in Ann Arbor, she really cared and said, we, we know that, I know that it's not that these folks are bad, it's that they don't have the resources that they need. So I'm working with another person in my department to bring resources to them. They wanted to have someone from the Housing Access of Washtenaw County, they wanted to have some recovery programs, um, and they wanted to serve a meal so that more people would come to the truck, more people who had to stay in tents or maybe who stayed at the homeless shelter during um, the evening, but like during the day they were kind of pushed out into the community. They wanted a, a place for them to kind of gather and get the resources that they needed. And so I said, okay, so long as you can commit to me that you are not going to be looking for someone who has a warrant out for their arrest or something. This has to be a safe space so that when people come here, they can get the resources that they need. So can we like agree that no one's going to get arrested while this is going on, while we're providing resources? They said, yes, that is now our policy. Cool. So one week, fine. Second week, fine. Third week, I'm in the back of the food truck prepping our lavender lemonade station. You all are going to get the lavender lemonade later today, by the way. Um, and I hear this loud commotion on the back of the truck. So I'm like, what? What's happening? What's going on out there? I peek my head around and I'm like, there's this woman who will eventually be a guest of our food truck. She's there to eat. Just like losing it, yelling at another woman that's there. And then all of a sudden, it looks like she's turned and started yelling at the police officer standing next to her, which is not my friend. I don't know this other woman that's, you know, getting, and I'm looking at this other officer's face and I'm like, what's going to happen? We have this like commitment, but I don't know what's going to happen. Let me, I wonder if I can just get out here and maybe calm this woman down. Let me see if I can distract her. So we were a little bit early. Our time to serve hadn't started yet, but I hopped off the truck. I grabbed my um, pen and my paper out of my apron and I walked over and I said, hi, we're serving our taco menu today. Can I take your order? So I, um, you know, went through all the menu options because we always like everyone to, we want them to customize. Do you want a corn tortilla or a flour tortilla? Do you want sour cream or no sour cream? Like you have the option when you're with us. So I wrote her order down and then I said, okay, and what's your name? And she gave me this generic last name like Smith or something. And I worked at Chick-fil-A for five years. That was my first job when I was 14. So taking names is really important because you want to get to know your people and you want to be able to hand the order out fast and be sure that it goes to the right person. So it's really important for us to get the people's names. So I got her name, came inside the truck, and I said, hey, team, I know we're like five or ten minutes early, but this woman is hangry. You guys know what hanger is, right? Anger, hunger, frustration, kind of all in the same body at the same time. Well... They said, okay, we'll make this, Pastor Anna. We'll go ahead and make it. And so they made the order, um, and then it was passed out to one of our board members who, is, um, who comes over every Wednesday to serve food with us. He comes from the University of Michigan and serves on his lunch break. And I pointed out where the woman was in the truck. All was well. He went and fed her, you know, on the other side of the park. About 45 minutes later, another order came through. And I looked back up, and I was like, hmm, I never, I've, I've never seen this woman before. I wonder who she is. You know, it was a new name I didn't know. So I kind of watched when my board member went and took the food back out because I wanted to know who the person was. Well, by golly, it was the same woman. It was the same woman who had this time given us a first name, a real name. She was a, a real person now when we handed the order out. And I just kind of went on with my time and thought, this is cool. My board member, Dan, came back up to me, and he's also my spiritual director, so he loves this stuff. He said, this woman asked if she could give me a blessing when I gave her her food. And I, I was like, well, what'd you, what did you say? And he was like, well, I just sat down and she just put her hand on my head and gave me a blessing. 
And I was like, and he, and then he was like starting to kind of get emotional about it. And I was like, wow, what a story. So if you remember that whole um, bit from the message about and from Jesus saying that we aren't going to be repaid now, but we will be, right? Sometimes it doesn't even happen at the resurrection. Sometimes it happens right in front of our eyes and we don't even know it. But I'll tell you, that wasn't the biggest blessing of that day. Because as we are packing up the truck about to drive away, this woman is using her same big, bold, beautiful voice. I kid you not, no longer yelling, but singing gospel music in the middle of Liberty Plaza. She went from hungry to satisfied and praising God in the matter of an hour when her basic needs were met. Y'all, this is the work that we are privileged to do together in community. Ministries like Fed Up happen when we remember that we are called to the places where we may not always get recognized for the work that we do, or we may not always get paid back for it. But we trust that God is already on the side of that line that has been drawn by society's standards, and God is waiting for us to cross that line and show love to the people whom God loves. Thank you all for allowing me to be here today and share a little bit about what we do. I have many more stories. So if you stay or if you come back for the picnic, I will share them with you later today. Amen. Let us pray. Creator, you are so good, and you have created a world that can meet all of our needs. And now we pray that you would open our hearts and our eyes and extend our hands and our resources to make that dream a reality. We thank you for all who are serving to meet the needs of people who experience hunger and food insecurity across our state and our country. We thank you for the work of Fed Up, of Pastor Anna and her team, and we thank you that you've allowed us to be a part of this ministry. Help us to hear your words from the gospel, to to be satisfied by them, even as we are called to your table to be satisfied by your sacrament. We pray all this in your holy and precious name. Amen. If you are able and if you would like to, I invite you to stand for our time of prayer. We experience the Spirit of the Lord poured out upon us in abundance so we can be bold when we pray for the church, for the world, and for all that God has made. After each prayer, I'll leave a brief time of silence so that if there are names or situations uh, that you want to say out loud or hold space for in your heart, you have the time to do that. And then at the end, I will say, Lord, in your mercy, and you can respond, hear our prayer. Loving Creator, we lift up and pray for all of God's people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for creation and this world that you've given to us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are overlooked or living in oppression. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are sick, grieving, lonely, afraid, or in need of healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for ourselves and for specific things that are happening in our personal lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Since we have such great hope in your promises, God, we lift all of these, all of our prayers to you in confidence and faith knowing that you hear the prayers we speak aloud or the prayers that we hold space for in our hearts. And together we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now I invite you to take out your communion cup, and you can remain standing or you can be seated if that's more comfortable for you while we partake in communion. The top clear layer opens up the wafer on the top, and then the gold layer underneath will open up the grape juice underneath. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, blessed it and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ given for you. Again, after supper, he took the cup gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Finally, we continue to thank you for your financial support of King of Kings and the ministry that we do in our community and across Michigan and the country. Uh, there are several ways to give. If you would like to leave an offering in the metal buckets on your way out, you may, or you may give through our website. We also have a station set up for those who would like to continue to support the Fed Up Food Truck Ministry. You can give there by leaving an offering, or there is a code there you can scan that will take you to their website and their giving page, and you can set up a way to sponsor them and, and to give to their ongoing ministry. So please consider prayerfully how you could continue to do that today. Now people receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. People of God, go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.